Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck-a-nots? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. How's it going? Uh, I am recording this on Super Bowl Sunday, probably during the game. I don't know. I don't watch it. And I'm not, I'm not saying that with any condescension. I, I just don't uh, I, I don't pay attention to it. I, I understand that many think it's a national holiday. It's probably in the... Uh, in the times we're living in now, one of the more important ones, uh, this is the day uh, that I, I think in, in the new cultural political environment is, is probably really what determines someone's, uh, someone's uh, Americanism uh, on some level. This is it, man. So in, 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 through that lens, I, I am horrendously uh, un-American in my, uh, uh, my complete apathetic disposition towards uh sports in general organized sports or watching sports but again and i've said it before i I think that if i'd been trained differently like anybody uh, it would have been a different story i'm an athletic enough person i I just uh not a big fan of uh i I guess i never was on a great team (laughs) until until glow until i started working with uh, uh fictitious female wrestlers no, I just was not, uh, I, you know, I, I was basically on the equivalent of the Bad News Bears when I was in uh, peewee baseball and in high school. I never played any sports. I never thought to. I Maybe I should have. Like I do, I've talked about that, though. You know, it's, I do have a regret that I was not really taught how to uh, engage in healthy competition. But it seems like given the uh, political climate, uh, there are many Americans that were not uh, taught about healthy competition just about winning at any cost, no matter what the rules, and uh, no matter who gets hurt or dies or loses their life or job or uh, status in the country. You know, it's about winning, man, right? It's about winning. That's not healthy competition. So today on the show, I talked to uh, two women. Actually, I'm going to talk to uh, Lori Kilmartin, who's been on the show a couple of times. We'll do a little talk with her about her new book, Dead People Suck, A Guide for Survivors of the Newly Departed. That comes out in February, soon, next week. And also, uh, Ricky Lindholm from Garfunkel and Oates, but more recently from her show, uh, Another Period, on Comedy Central. Going to talk to her. I'm planning on becoming a more social person uh, in my new house 
I, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna entertain more. But I'm so not the entertaining kind that uh, I used to back in the day. Well, not too long ago, I would have dinner parties, but there was never any consistency to it. So at my age, with my uh, my position in the world in terms of uh, what people think of me and uh, all the people I know, I think that if I said you want to come over for dinner, uh, they'd be like, "What's happening? Why why is he having us over for dinner?" I know how to be sociable. I know how to have people over. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a very good host, but I would just think people would find it startling. I would imagine they'd be like, what do, what do, what do we talk about with Mark? What are we going to do over there? What's he want? What's he going to do? What's he going to, I don't, I don't understand. Maybe, maybe this is all a reflection of me. Maybe people would be like, that'd be great. Let's have dinner. What, maybe I'm just a normal person to uh, people looking from the outside in, or they, they get me. Whereas I am like uh, some monster I feel like I'm some like social uh, pariah with uh, with uh, intensity problems, emotionally uh, uh, unpredictable. You know what I'm saying? So, look, Lori Kilmartin has been on this show before. I love her. She's a writer over at Conan. I've known her as a comic forever. She's a hilarious comic. Uh, I had her on fairly recently about her comedy special about her dead dad. And uh, this is a book, I guess, sort of built from that from that idea. Uh, her new book is Dead People Suck, A Guide for Survivors of the Newly Departed. It's out February 13th. You can pre-order it now. Uh, so this is me talking to Lori Kilmartin. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. I am uh, sorry that uh, I was home at the other house, at my other home when you showed up. I feel terrible that you oh, were you startled f- on a Sunday morning. You feel terrible? Why didn't I know? I've, this, it's been, I've, I've done worse things. There was one time I was just sitting in this house and uh, not planning on doing anything, getting ready to, <laughs> getting ready to go. And uh, Lisa Wampanelli just walked uh, up to my door. <laughs> and I'm that's like, a, that's a Oof. tough wake up call. Yeah, I should have. I should have known Lisa that. Lisa Lampanelli <laughs> thank, on a Sunday morning. Thank God I knew her well enough <laughs> to where I didn't panic or tell her, God forbid, that uh, I had oh, forgotten that uh, you were coming. That's I did, right. I did not let on. That's good. So, what's the book called? Uh, it's called Dead People Suck. Wow. It, Is it out? It's that, out February thirteenth. Because we, the last time I saw you, you did the special. Yeah. Which was, was it was a joke about forty five jokes about, about my your, dad. Dad. Yeah. Now, what made you? What compelled you to? Because this is a real book about grieving. Really, yeah. it's about moving through the grieving process. You were not a psychologist, <laughs> but but no. you 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 must have gotten so much feedback 
for your comedy show that you're like, why not, you know, help out? What was what was the impar- the, the incentive? Well, I uh, I hadn't sold. I did a special and I just was sitting on it. And no one was interested. So I was like, all right, well, maybe I can put this into a book. Uh-huh. And uh, I had written a parenting book a while ago called Shitty Mom. And it's just like really short kind of. How'd that do? It was a New York Times bestseller for a week. That's good. That's great. <laughs> and you only need it, if, even if it's just a week, you can put it on the cover. Yeah. Um. But uh, so I pitched this like shitty mom of grief to uh, the editor who edit, edited Shitty Mom and uh-huh. she she bought it uh-huh. um so in that time then CISO bought my special but th- it's pretty much it's very different it's, i stole a few jokes from myself just yeah. to plant a, you know right. like early laughs and then uh it's um yeah just essays like just, you know 500 words or less basically that you can read on the toilet about that, cancer and death and funerals and grief that you wrote they're, yeah. they're your essays but yeah. did you like but but it does it's supposed to like what was the feedback on the 45 jokes about, you know, your dead dad. I mean, I have to assume that that people, you've got a very specific type of reaction. Uh, yeah, I think the people that talked to me told yeah. me they loved it. Like, did you get emails, though, and that kind of stuff? Yes, Twitter yes, stuff, like, yes. oh, my God, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it was... It, it was sort of hidden on CISO. You had to get CISO to watch it. It's so. gone now, right, yeah. CISO? Yeah, CISO's gone, and my special sort of hidden someplace. Hopefully, we'll be able to get it out. Um, I know. I just talked to uh, Karen Esposito about her. Like, uh, Take my wife? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, did, do, does CISO own your special? They bought it for three years, uh-huh. and they lasted a year. Uh-huh. So I, I don't exactly know. It's sort of tangled up right now. So that's so that's disconcerting. It's distressing. Yes, because you can't you can't access your special. I know. I know. I have it saved on a Vimeo, a secret Vimeo location, but I can't really do anything with it. What so. would what, what would happen if you did that? Would would CISO come after you? What's left of Who them? Who would come after me? I don't know. You've, that's a great idea. <laughs> I mean, why not just you know, post a link, see what happens? Yeah, I could. Well, you, well, did they? What, what happened with CISO? Did they alert you? Did you get a letter saying like, uh, it's over? No, I read about it on Twitter. That's how I find out all the bad news about my life. Or if anything's canceled, I find out on Twitter. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's so horrible. Yeah. Because it's like, it's something like, I know what it's like to have like, uh, like Marin. The fourth season of Marin is not on international Netflix. I, there's nothing I can do about it. Why? I don't know. They're all on the they're all on the American Netflix. All four seasons of Marin, but for some reason they didn't post the last season. And it's not my show. Like it's not even IFC show. It's Fox Twenty One oh. or Fox Studios, which doesn't exist anymore. So I don't even know how to react well, when people are like, "When can we see it?" I'm like. I don't know. Move. Yeah, call somebody. <laughs> Take a vacation. I don't, I don't know who to get in touch with. And then I asked my manager, what are we doing about this? They're like, nah, yeah, I don't know. Well, it doesn't make sense uh, in a money situation because people would want to see it uh, I know. worldwide. You have fans all over the well, world. Well, right. But yeah, I don't know how many. And I, you know, what am I going to do? Get Ted, uh, the, the, the head of Netflix involved? Like, what can we do about this, man? I know you've got, you're busy giving you know other comics $50 million for an hour. Oh, my God. But not Monique. <laughs> who deserves it? We all know that Monique she's oh, an Oscar winner yeah she's funny uh, but yes, I, I don't need it, it's so it's so weird when you get into you know we can talk about politics with confidence but yeah. when you get into these nuance sort of like well that one's loaded up with race uh, and uh, gender and sex, issues yeah. so uh, hey I, I wish her luck <laughs> good yeah. luck to everybody I'm gonna tiptoe out of the room and hope you guys sort it out yeah maybe it'll be okay don't know I don't know <laughs> I don't know if there's anything I can do to help uh, but I'll just keep my mouth shut and move on 
but did do when people were talking to you about this did you find yourself in this position where they were like can you help me did you get any of that kind of thing or just you helped me i think it was more you helped. i don't right. i didn't think people came to me for further assistance no they didn't <laughs> which was no did. wise yeah uh yeah it was just uh, people who had lost a parent yeah. or had lost a loved one to the, the same way kind of yeah. felt like that helped them through the grieving process so that and was cool for the book did you do any research did you read kubler ross did you go through the five stages did you do some homework or anything uh no, no. i just <laughs> researched my own feelings and i actually took a ton of notes when my dad was dying just, really yeah and so I kind of was like, oh, yeah, that thing, that thing, that thing. So I, I just kept going back to those, you know, two weeks. Like real notes, like diary type of notes? Like yeah. Like feelings just journal? Kind of. No, no, no. Just like things that were happening that I thought I would forget. You uh-huh. know, when it's happening, you're like, I'll, I'll never forget this. It's imprinted on my DNA. And then, you know, yeah. three years later, you yeah. read it, you're like, oh, yeah, that night that he wanted something that was orange. Yeah. And that was all he could tell me. And so I started just searching through the house and bringing him things that were orange, like books and, uh, you know, pill bottles and stuff. And he would just shake his head. And I finally figured out it was this tumbler, this orange tumbler that was yeah. not not of any significance to him as far as I knew. Right. But he wanted to drink water out of that tumbler. <laughs> and this is like his brain is going at yeah, that point? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they go, they go to weird places. And he became really, he became obsessed with this... Uh, a wagon wheel chandelier uh-huh. that none of us had ever heard of that uh-huh. he wanted us to find. And apparently it was in the attic and the previous owner of the house had left it. And we never heard him talk about it for 40 years. And then all of a sudden it was like one of the things he was obsessed about in the last days of his life. And he's like, what is this thing? Why do you care about it? And he found it. No, <laughs> never found it. And, and but but he said it was upstairs. Yeah, he did. Now maybe he meant a different upstairs, but he was very specific about it, it being in the attic. And it uh, there was a separate attic over the garage. Yeah. And by the time the house was emptied out and my mom had moved out, I just didn't feel like going into the garage attic. And I thought yeah. I'll just leave it there for the next dying owner to obsess <laughs> to about. Find the wa- the magic wagon wheel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I hope it wasn't what was going to cure him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! The tumor breaker. Yeah, yeah, the tumor breaker wagon wheel. Maybe he knew that's all it would take. Oh my God! No. And he couldn't tell me. <laughs> and just this, the he had this little. My sister, you know, when you go to Walgreens or something, they, yeah. they have like little flowers for sale. Like yeah. they're, it, it, they look like cactuses that are going to die. Those are just like tiny little baby oh, yeah, flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she bought him one, and I guess you know smell is the last sense to go so he was he just kept bringing it to his nose and inhaling uh, it and you know putting it down oh the, my it was God, the, so just the, the last things he could do yeah uh were sort of what, what kind of cancer do you have again he had lung cancer and it just went all over and your brain goes yeah. from all the drugs and the cancer yes 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 and he had radiation and stuff so to prevent so, it from going to the brain which yeah. is uh, I think kind of hurt his um, ability to think, but uh, it also kept it from going to the brain, which is great. Because I, I think when it goes to the brain, sometimes people get, you know, their emotions change a lot. Yeah. And I think that's tougher than just a regular Oh, they become em- emotionally different people. Yeah. And yeah. he didn't become different. He just became, I, well, he was also high on morphine, of course. That yeah. could explain everything, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. The loopiness, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and the just the obsessions oh, with things we God. hadn't heard of, yeah, yeah, and but but they, they sort of like return to childlike behavior, yeah, right? totally. And you're taking care of your parents, and you're diapering oh. them, and you're doing all the things they did for you, and you know, uh, it's a it was a, it's a special time if you can get it, you yeah. know, if right. you're lucky enough to be around them when they're dying. Yeah, I got to be honest with you, I I I don't want it. 
I don't like. I just hope, what God forbid, it happens, which I imagine it will, and I'll be alive for it. That it's quick, and I just have to show up to say a few oh, words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you've got six hours to get there, and you get there at five forty-five? <laughs> or just like he's gone? Oh, what happened? Oh, don't you know, don't just, want even a last conversation? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> That's how I feel about my mom. I feel like I've no, I've learned nothing from my dad's death. That yeah. I, like I I would just like to do my dad's death over a little bit, but my mom, I'm like, oh, hurry up! Like <laughs> you've been around plenty. I get you. You're not changing. You're whatever you are. You're just becoming more of you know. And I'm done. With oh, you. that's the worst. That's it like- is the worst because I think I will feel guilty when she actually does die, but I can't seem to pretend i can't seem to learn that lesson in advance yeah, and yeah. be kinder to her or right. just forgive her for voting for trump or you know all the things that drive me nuts right. i can't seem to yeah, oh, really? do right now do, no I, I, i'll do it at her i know i'll do it at her grave and i'll be crying but i wonder like my parents i they're not they didn't get worse they both got better oh somehow like they both mean? well they both they both they softened up they became a little less selfish you know my mother's a little more um, uh, kind of uh, uh, complimentary and, uh, you know, ex- you know, uh, sort of supportive in a way that oh. she wasn't. She goes out of her way to say things like, I'm proud of you. I love you. Like nothing. I didn't get a lot of that. Interesting. Uh, and my dad just sort of gone soft somehow. <laughs> you know, he was always sort of up and down. But now he's just, you know, they leveled off. And, you know, whatever was threatening and horrible and uh, uh, kind of annoying about them is... It's a little, a little tempered. Do you feel kind of angry at your mom for not giving you that when you really needed it? I guess, you know, but like, uh, I don't know if I feel angry at her. I just, you know, I just, uh, it's hard. What, how it really manifests itself is like, she's, she wants to come out. Like, so I'm going to fly her out. Yeah. She wants to come out. And I really don't understand why. You're like, <laughs> like she, she, she wants to see me, you know, sure. whatever. But I'm like, why four days? <laughs> I mean, can't we just in and out this thing? Like, can't we? <laughs> that is an in and out. What are you talking about? My mother lives with me four days. Oh my god, I would, I would dance for a month if that was my. I don't want to hurt her feelings, but it's like after a day or two, I'm like, we kind of did everything. We caught up. I, you know, I took you over to the Bloomingdale's, whatever. She probably wants to go shopping for you. She's sure. probably going to fill your, uh, you know, your cupboards with food and I, do some no, laundry. You got, you got the wrong mom. <laughs> she yeah. do I, that didn't, I didn't get that one. God forbid she tries to cook anything. <laughs> She's not yeah. going to fold your underpants and put them in no, the wrong drawer. No, 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 no. I don't. <laughs> She'll buy me. She might buy me a shirt that I never wear. But <laughs> it'll, it'll be fine. I, I, you know, I guess I should appreciate it more. Yeah. And I'll go out and see my dad, but I swear to God, like in New Mexico, but like really a day is, you know, I'm good. Yeah. Like, you know, a full day, you know, by the end of that day, I'm like, all right, okay. I guess we're all caught up. Yeah. You okay? It it, it sucks because when they actually are gone, you're going to want that day back. Really? I hope so. But you don't want it when you have it. It really, it's awful. (laughs) Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a terrible person. I don't know. I can't, you know, and I know it's, something's coming. Yeah. Some, how old are your parents? Uh. Uh, uh, listeners note he's counting on his fingers right now i don't know how do you do math again (laughs) i'll ask my son he has common core word problems every day that so you got how often do you have your son all the time yeah uh, during the week yeah like i don't have him today so and like in so your mom lives with you guys yeah how long has that been going on uh a year and a half (laughs) i've been in i've been in a bad mood for 18 months my mom's 77. Okay. Is that possible? Yeah. Is she in good health? 
Yeah. Okay. Well, she might have another decade with her. So there's no, I guess there's no rush to be loving. And but... my dad's going to be 80 this year? Yeah. Wow. 80s when I remember my dad getting really elderly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why I assume, like, of course they're running out of steam a little bit. It's hard to imagine these people that were so big and domineering in your life start to become brittle and frail. Yeah. And then they just disappear. But they uh, actually do. And now I'm getting sad. Now I'm thinking about it. And yeah. I'm getting sad. Well, I, I guess, I guess, you know, it's impossible to appreciate them when they're here the way you will when they're gone. And there's no way to change it, I think. No. You know? I don't know. Some people, I guess. Do you know people that are like that? I don't know. That are like, I just like I just love my parents and I, I, I cherish every moment I'm with them and, I, and everything is great. I think I have a few Facebook friends like that and they enrage me. I'm like, you aren't telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. way. There's something wrong with you. You're hiding something. <laughs> you are. Stop you're it. You're a repressive weirdo. You're with... posting who you wish you were, not who you were. I and just do they respond to that? It. Do you tell them? That? No, I just think that in, inside, and I I wonder if I'm doing it all wrong. So, like in the close of the book, I mean, do you like? Because do you find um, how many essays are in the book? Ooh, maybe like fifty. Again, they're really short. They're they're like quick. They're like almost stand up bits, basically. Uh-huh. You know, just, are they all funny or no? Uh, they're not all funny. Some of it's weird. I I when I um. I, when I wrote a parenting book, it's pretty much all funny. And, yeah. and I guess I was, it's because I have a kid and I know he's going to read it one day and I, and he's still here. And then when I was writing about my dad, it was like, God, he's, he's a real guy and he's dead. And I'm actually might be the final word on him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot more daunting to, right. to write about a person's life when they're not there to, you know, counteract it or, or to say, well, you know, not exactly. Yeah, or to right. just live a different way. And, right. Prove you wrong. So, do you are you, do you, are you, do you uh, is there questionable stuff in there where you're like, mm, I don't know if he'd like that. No. Um, <laughs> there, the, the only thing I'm worried about is of the family that I I write about reading it, but but they're very unsupportive, so I don't think they will read it. Whose family? Uh, there's a certain side of the family that there's a the the people that I'm talking about probably won't read it, so it's right. okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I kind of thought that when I wrote about my dad, and then. Uh, Caused a little bit of a wildfire. Oh no! Over there in that that side of the family. Oh yeah, uh, his side of the family. You know that was what was funny. It's like I don't. Th- I, I I was honest, but you know I could yeah. see how he could feel a little hurt or betrayed by my honesty. Right, right, right. But apparently there was like you know his uncles, the old the old guard of the Marin <laughs> clan. Sure. Were sort of like disappointed with me, and he was hanging that over me, like you know I talked to my uncle Phil. They were not very happy, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Well, Phil Marin's got to protect his name. Well, he's passed. I, I didn't, he, but <laughs> yeah. but it wasn't about Phil. It was about my dad. Oh, so right, he was right. sort of rallying oh, his troops on me, like right. you know, you're not you're not welcome. <laughs> and I'm like, oh really? Thank you. Do me a favor. And then, and then it all passes. Yeah. You know, you you apologize and whatever. Right. Everything's right. intense in the moment. Yeah, I guess so. So, but the, but that's not the case here. I don't think so. He's not going to. Uh, you didn't. You didn't. There's a couple of cousins that might be upset, but. And it, it, but it's already a rough Thanksgiving, giving given the political, you know, still fracture yeah. in the family. So, oh, yeah, oh really? Still, yeah, just with between, uh, you know, yeah, between Trump. You've got that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And they're still happy about it. I, I would imagine so, especially since the tax cuts and stuff. That's yeah. what they were they were hoping for. I think tax so. cuts for corporations, right? <laughs> Everybody... My cousins are corporations. Oh, that's wow! Interesting. <laughs> Pfizer is a first cousin. Oh, that's no. what. <laughs> <laughs> they're just thrilled that uh, I don't, I, I, finally I, I, those corporations are going to get the break they deserve <laughs> i don't 
even know that the tax thing benefits them, but the idea that it will sure. when they become yeah. incredibly it's wealthy all about those from ideas. the lottery ticket. Sure. Well, <laughs> yeah, all about those ideas, those those angry ideas that make you feel good. Yeah, I think I don't know. I don't know who my dad voted for. I know who my mom voted for, but I I've avoided th- like I there's a part of me that I think I, I used to go down to my mother's for Thanksgiving, but generally I've been shooting for the last few years. It's hard for me to get down there. Yeah. But there is a contingent in that crew that goes to that dinner. Sure. That are, you know, just like, uh, you know, Trump supporters, Jewish Trump supporters. Oh my God, it even, never makes sense to me. Yeah. And uh, well, the Zionist element or the business element or just, sure. yeah, there's plenty of Republican Jews. Plenty I, I know, but like my son is Hispanic and my grandmother, my, my mother voted for Trump. I'm like, how could you, after yeah. what he said about Mexicans, how can you how can you set my son up for that kind of taunting or bullying? I don't know how they I don't know what that disconnect is. I don't think they they add it all up. No, they don't. They just go with their feelings. Yep. And uh, you know, and maybe policy will, will sync up with that. But yeah. you know, like I, you know, I don't know where that drop off is where you don't see that it's exacerbating right intolerance you and, know, and and you just still sort of like yeah, but you know, it's good for the country. Yeah. Is it? Uh, my son's crying (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm grateful that my dad died before donald trump was even a candidate because i can kind of think well maybe he's one of the like the mitt romney maybe my dad would have been a never trumper because trump is so vulgar and that's just but you don't know i don't know he did us all a favor You, you can I'm, write a book. I'm glad you I didn't have, find that chandelier they would have cured him because he died at the right time. You, you, you have nice love for him. I the do. Memory. It's it, very pure. Yeah. It's not, you know. God, if he had lived into January, might have just, all, no book, no <laughs> movie. He, he did, He, you know, he has Dinesh D'Souza books. So I'm yeah. like, oh, it's, it's possible. Went. Oh, God. <laughs> you were, but I'll never know. You were spared. I was. Thanks for talking. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Okay. All right. So you got it. Dead People Suck, a guide for survivors of the newly departed. Sounds helpful and funny. Tough times. Grief Grief is difficult. And we're all feeling a bit of it. Are we not? I think I'm going to read this email only because like, it's sort of eaten at me because I don't... Uh, I think it's... I've talked about it a bit. But I don't know if it's talked about enough. Uh, this is from Stephen... Subject line BDD. Mark, how do you deal with your body dysmorphia when those thoughts come and I feel like I've eaten too much regardless of how small my meals are and my brain tells me my body instantly changed for the worse and then the guilt and then I'm preoccupied with the idea that starvation is a valid option the rest of the day. What the fuck? How do you deal with it? Anyway, maybe I'll go find a chat room or a forum or something. Have a great day, Stephen. Hey, Stephen, buddy. Here, here's the deal with that. And I don't know how many men really suffer from this shit or you, you, there is a sort of shame to it in this. There's a shame on top of the shame because to be a dude with a sort of body dysmorphia or a milder extreme eating disorder, it just you feel like you, you really got to keep that stuff in the closet. But uh, I do suffer from insane body dysmorphia and a kind of a weird eating, a very shitty relationship with food, as some of you know, and it ebbs and flows. And and I just read something, a, a transcript of something I, I, I did on stage years ago that's going to be in the Risk book. There's just something about wanting to feel shitty, 
wanting to be hard on yourself. If you have a brain that's always going to look for a reason to be hard on yourself, it's going to do it one way or the other. And around eating, my ex-wife used to say, hey, look, in terms of that problem, whether it's overeating or compulsive eating or denying yourself food, is that the bottom line is, unlike drugs or alcohol or gambling or deading, uh, you got to eat and you got to figure out a way to accept eating and you can't beat yourself up too much for eating. There's a consistency to body shame that I think sometimes for me it happens when I'm anxious or I'm full of dread or I have too much time on my hands or things are going well. That's a very easy way to get myself back into a pattern of self-judgment. Whereas like, look, if you if you eat something shitty, you know, exercise, don't eat shitty the next day, you know, try to you know, keep a healthy diet. I mean, I eat pretty healthily, but I know the feeling. And, and I'm sort of in it right now and I appreciate your email. I don't know if there are forums or, you know, you can go to meetings of some kind away maybe some <laughs> i knew a guy when i used to talk about this i knew this guy mitch uh you know i said how do you not go crazy because when i was first getting sober i would eat you know i've gone through periods of ice cream or sugar fortunately for me uh you know i, I have slightly high cholesterol so that's made made it sort of the impending doom element of, of eating certain things has stifled my behavior a little bit which has helped out but you shouldn't take that but this dude, Mitch, he said, I, I would never have an eating disorder because I eat the exact same thing every day. I know that doesn't uh, mix it up much, but uh, maybe you should get into some get get involved with some some sort of uh, monitoring because that's like a whole other thing. Instead of just winging it and you know feeling randomly guilty about eating things when, you know, you just who knows how your day is going, you know, get on Weight Watchers or something. Do something to, to sort of like engage you mathematically where you're just, you know, working on the tables, like, you know, sort of like counting those points or whatever the system is, you know, and stretching them out. That way you'll feel proactive in your food obsession. Maybe try that. But I don't know. I feel fucking chubby. Look, I'll admit that even if I'm not heavy, which I'm usually not, there's too much of me. That That is, there's definitely too much of me. So that, I don't feel like I'm wrong there. And I feel like there's many people that would validate that. Just too much a mark. One way or the other, on some level, there's too much. So, Ricky Lindholm, you might know her from Garfunkel and Oates, the uh, uh, the, uh, the lovely Kate Micucci and uh, Ricky do a, a comedy music duo. And they seem to be working together again. Uh, I guess I never stopped, but I talked to her a little bit about that. Uh, but now uh, she's here talking about the third season of her show, Another Period, which is on Comedy Central Tuesday nights at 10.30, 9.30 Central. I also talked to Natasha Leggero about this, who I love. But we talked about other stuff. It's a well-rounded chat. This is me and Ricky Lindholm. Can I turn this down just a teeny bit? Oh, you, you've had enough of me already? Just, <laughs> I have like super hearing. Is that, is that good? That's great, yeah. That's better? Yeah, that's much better. You have super hearing? Yeah, kind of. But I mean, is it like sensitive? I mean, do you? Yeah. does it hurt your head? No, 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 no. I just, yeah, just have good hearing. <laughs> How's your vision? It's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that because, is it, it's genetic? Are you, are you like an Aryan person? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm I think I'm the dream Aryan. Yeah, what is it? I mean, like what is it? What is it? Sw- Swedish? Swedish, English and Irish. I thought I was that's just pretty Swedish tough. and that's then, pretty tough. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you, do you have people in in your family that are like from those countries, or is I it think too far back from Sweden? But not not currently. Like, too, everyone's dead who's from there. But I think my great grandparents were from Sweden oh, on both sides. You didn't know anybody. I didn't know anyone. No. Yeah. No. So wait, tell me about this moving every two years. Hold on, a minute. I think yeah. I'm gonna get a water over. Okay. There. Everything's a little disheveled. I, I want to applaud your courage in going to the bathroom with the, <laughs> with the window out and yeah. workmen around. Uh-huh. That was a, I thought that was pretty courageous. I felt okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've gone in worse places. Well, that's the thing I always realize when I have uh, fancy people over is that like I'm worried about how dirty my bathroom is. And I'm like, they're actors. They're comedians. If like, you know, they've, they've had a life. Everyone's, they've been to clubs. Yeah. Everyone's been to a porta potty. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've gone to a porta potty wearing a jumpsuit. Which I would not recommend. Oh my god! Because you, know, you have to take it all off. And oh my! Then, where was this at a festival? Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, oh, oh, I shouldn't have. Um, like bumper shoot or something? Um, where was it? It was um, at the FYI fest or something. Like, I think it was that one. Yeah, yeah. FYI or the F? I don't know what it is. Whatever. Was it the music festival or the comedy festival? It was the music festival in LA. The one down there that you take the train to, like right? Oh yeah, yeah. Right, and they had a comedy tent. Yes. That was terrible. Yes. Or was it? I don't remember. Did you perform? Uh, yeah. Who you and Kate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like the festivals. I, I don't like doing. I. I don't. I don't think it's a good venue for comedy. I'm. I'm happy they have us there, but it's never. I don't it's, like a bunch of standing people. I was going to say comedy is bad when you're standing. I don't. I just can't take it. Maybe I'm too old for that shit. No, because when people stand, they think they can talk. And when they're sitting, they know to be quiet. It's like it's we're just conditioned that way. Well, yeah, but standing always feels like you're just waiting. Yeah, you, you know, like you're not you're not locked in. You're just sort of like, what's the next song? What's it? What's going to happen now? Yeah, I don't, it bothers me. I don't like I, standing at shows. I I just got a feeling of uh, of nervousness. Really? Well, yeah, because I just when, whenever I do those kind of festivals or audiences, I'm like, this is going to suck going in. Like I'm yeah. standing there, I'm like, this like. This will only be good despite the fact right. that it's going to be bad. Yes. They, like the baseline is this is difficult. I, I agree. Yeah. I think you go to hang out with friends and, yeah. you know. I, I, I feel like the only I find that's less appealing. real conversations <laughs> I've had with you were at a music festival. I don't know that we've ever had a real conversation. I don't know why that is. I feel like I had a conversation with you at um, what's uh, uh, Bonnaroo. Oh, that's another. That was another horrible situation. Mm-hmm. But that one, they 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 claim that one's better because it's air conditioned and right. it's indoors. Yeah, but it's more so... like a circus tent. Yeah, that yeah. was. Yeah, what? that one was. It was so. Yeah, I was so hot. I just stayed in the comedy tent all day. I, it's the worst. Do yeah. we we had a real conversation? Yeah, we did. We what? almost went and got chicken. Oh, I went. Oh, you did. I well, yeah, sure. I went. Who did I take that time from? In I think me and Kanane went. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I tried to get you to go get chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was down, but then no one would go with us. And, and what, we bailed? Yeah, we bailed. Oh, I must have went the next night. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Were you there with Kate again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was like, how long ago was that? Oh, so long ago. Was eight, it that long Eight years ago or something? Or I don't know. I'm really bad with time. I really am. I don't. I, but you do a, a show based on time. I know. I know. <laughs> but that's, that's a very that's specific period. Yeah, it's 1902. Um, all right, wait, let's go back to this moving every two months. How long have you lived? Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up, well, I moved every year until uh, I was in fourth grade, and then we stayed in this little town called Portville, which is like two hours south of Buffalo. In New York? Upstate New York? Yeah, like a town of a thousand people, you know, very Republican, white. Yeah, it might as well be Midwest. How'd you end up there? Uh, My dad is an oil and gas lawyer, and we sort of moved- Oil and gas lawyer. Yeah, and and an entrepreneur. He always is opening businesses that I don't totally- Understand? Yeah. Like what? Like wait, like he'll be wait. like, "Oh, I have a timber business." I'm like, oh, "Okay." You <laughs> That's know. it. You don't investigate any further than that. Not when I was little. He'd be like, "I'm doing title work," and I'm like, 
That but, sounds good, Dad. You know, title work. Whatever. <laughs> I know. For years when you're a kid, when you see a sign for title company, it's like, what does that mean? Yeah. They just name things? And you just don't investigate. My dad yeah. wore a suit and he went to work and, and we moved every year. And it was his own title company. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Every year he moved. Are you sure he wasn't on the run? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Is he still around? Yeah, he's still around. Both my parents are still around. Oh, that's good. They're still together. And they're still together. How many mm-hmm. siblings do you have? One brother and a half sister. Half sister? Mm-hmm. How'd that happen? Um, my dad uh, got a woman pregnant in high school. Really? Yeah. yeah. And he, and and you have a relationship? He took the kid? He, uh, well, um, how did no, it all work? No, she ended up staying with her mom yeah and her mom you know married this lovely guy and they raised her and then oh. uh, me and my brother you know had my parents right but you so. have a relationship with the half sister yeah 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 that's odd I, I, I guess it's not odd it's fairly normal but like when yeah. did you realize that you had this half sister all the I way was, through or no, i was eight eight or nine i got really excited that i had a sister <laughs> and she was older she was like you know 15 so she was cool she was babysitter age really so she was like cool older babysitter yeah age, yeah i thought that was awesome that's sort of wild though like you, you know you get that surprise i guess when you're eight it just seems like like an extra added good thing totally but like when you're 15 it's like well, how did i not know this yeah i think it was much more emotional for her <laughs> than it was for me and my brother yeah we, we i think we felt fine about did it did she know though all along no she had just found out oh my god mm-hmm. that, did she just found out that that he he was her father yeah or? i think so oh my it's, god well, it's weird my family's not that open about stuff so i'm not exactly sure what the story is really? i'm not yeah yeah we don't we don't talk about a lot of things is that a swedish thing what is that i don't know what that is i don't know if it's is a swedish it... thing or just my family but really we yeah. sort of gloss over a lot of things and and i'm just like oh okay i guess that's well, I, what happened i think that's normal i think like with all families you you end up more gets uh, more gets revealed as time goes on mm-hmm. as secrets become uh, sort of exhausted do you, you know what i mean like i find that when when my parents as they get older they tell you things you're like what and they're like, oh, you didn't know that? I'm like, how would I know no, that? No, I didn't know that. I didn't know any of that. <laughs> and I, what, But put it back in your mouth. <laughs> but I always felt like I was uh, missing something. Like, I knew that I didn't know stuff. Yeah. And I would get mad at them, and I didn't know why. And yeah. I'd, I'd say stuff like, you don't understand me. Yeah. Or what, I just yeah. felt like an emotional. Right. Um, like they, like they were hiding something? From, they, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you get along with them? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So where'd you go? Where'd you end up? What's the journey to show business? So you, you're in upstate New York. You're outside of Buffalo. Is that what you told mm-hmm. me? In a town of a thousand oh people. Oh my God. How far outside of Buffalo? Like an hour and a half, two hours, depending on the snow. Well, that's not like right outside of Buffalo. Where the hell? You must have been closer to something else. That no. was the closest city No, that Buffalo? was the closest mall, closest airport. What about Albany? How far is Albany? Albany's five hours. Oh man. Yeah. I gotta get, I gotta look at, <laughs> I forget how big New York is. It's enormous. Yeah. We're like seven is. hours from the city. But are you close to Canada? Uh, yeah, two hours. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Do you so, go to Canada? Um, we would go once a year to Toronto to see musical theater. You know, oh, we, that, well, that's important. Phantom or something. Yeah, it was the best day of my life. Yeah. Oh, because I was closer than New York City. Yes. No shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a Broadway play till I was, you know, 23 or something. So Toronto was the, uh, the cultural outlet. Buffalo, yes. you know, is limited. Yes, it is. So yeah. I, uh, went to college for three years. I went to Syracuse, um, and that was just, I was just kind of depressed in college. It kind of just is a blip and I don't really focus on it or remember it. But wait, did you go to Niagara Falls a lot? Um, yeah, a, a couple times. Isn't that by Buffalo? Yeah. But it was, it was sort of like a two hour journey in the snow. And once you go there once, you know, we didn't, we didn't leave the town too much. A thousand people. A thousand people. How many people in your high school? There's probably a thousand people <sighs> in my high school, but it was K through 12 in one building and it was for a bunch of towns. So <laughs> Wait, a thousand people in the whole high school in the whole. Yeah. In kindergarten through 12 in the, the whole one, kindergarten through 12 mm-hmm, in one building. So you're with the same people your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. 
That is wild. It's weird. Yeah. Are you friends with any of them? Um, a couple. Not not too not not too. But many. like, so you got there when you were like six. So those were the people. I was, I was ten, nine or ten when I got there. So ten through seventeen, you're just those are the people. That was it. Yeah. But I was expecting to leave just because we'd moved every year until then. What and, kept them there? Uh, I guess the business went well. The title business? Yeah. Or the, the timber business? I don't know. Oil and gas? Oh, right. Oil and gas law. Yeah. But he was a lawyer. Yes. Okay. At the bottom of it all, he was a lawyer. Right. And he's not in jail, so you have no. to assume. So every... I'm assuming it was Is he uh, retired? Uh, semi. And what about your, 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 your mother? My mom works for my dad. She used to be a professor, a college professor doing computers science stuff and now she works for my dad general computer science stuff yeah. back when that was a class yeah computer teaching, science, yeah, exactly learning teaching. how to uh do what was that language dos dos yeah <laughs> floppy disks yeah and, loading yeah. stuff in mm-hmm. that was the language that you had to learn i couldn't wrap my brain around it i couldn't either i was in college i took the computer class to, as an because i had to take something as an elective or whatever had the book i'm like no way Mm-mm. not happening no but I my mom taught it and i don't know she was oh. the kind of the only woman in the computer department mm. of any of the, you know, in her What was the college. other language? It was DOS and something else? I can't, you can't uh, remember how, uh, I don't want to ask how I don't remember. Right. Oh, it doesn't matter. I, how so, old I am? Yeah. Oh, I'm 38. Yeah, so you're okay with talking about how old you are? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, you, can, you can Google it. It's, I know, I know, yeah. but still, it's still, like, mm-hmm. still in my brain. Now, is that, like, it, is it still inappropriate to ask women to hold the air? Is that okay now? I don't know. I'm okay with it. I don't. I, I'm pretty okay with anything. Uh, cherry Coke. That's a Cherry Coke sweatshirt. Yeah, it is. When did? Is that gone? It's gone, isn't I, it? I don't know. I remember how exciting it was, it was when Cherry so Coke good. came out. Wasn't it so but good? But it tastes a little bit like Robitussin. That's true. That's the only problem yeah. with it. All right. So, so you're growing up. Mm-hmm. You're one through your kindergarten through twelve with the same people. So you'd have like you'd, you'd date boys, and then you'd see them grow old. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> Have you gone back I, to a reunion? No, I don't go to reunions. I just kind of, I just kind of leave things uh-huh. in the past and just move forward. All right. So, are you acting in high school? Uh, our drama department got canceled after my freshman year. I think we ran out of funding. What? So, yeah, yeah. So that that got canceled. Uh-huh. So I didn't do that, and I wanted to. I loved musicals and stuff, but you know, it's a it's a poor town. It, so it didn't it didn't happen. No, we we got a scoreboard. I, I oh, maybe, for, maybe for the, the money went in, went in there. I don't know. But they canceled the drama yeah. department. Yeah. Before you got to do anything. Yeah. Or no, I did a play the, my freshman year, and then it got canceled. Oh. So, you what, know, your play, uh, Man of La Mancha. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you. That was Antonia. Or no. Yeah. Is that it's pretty big production for a small school? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> and it's it? not that hard to get. It's kind of in my school, you know, everyone kind of gets in. It just depends on how big the party is. Who sang "Dream the Impossible Dream"? Isn't that wasn't that um, from that show? My my boyfriend at the time. Oh yeah, Nick, he was a singer. Yeah, I was I was uh, dating the lead in the play. I'd love to see pictures of, uh, <laughs> of you and the boyfriend. Oh gosh. In <laughs> freshman year or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He was doing Man I think of He was a senior and I was a freshman. It's so funny. You really think you're pulling. Off, you know, like when you do the grown-up yeah. parts. When you're in it in high school or junior yeah. high, you're like, oh, "This is, I'm, ge- I'm getting by. I'm passing." Really good. Yeah. And then you see pictures, you're like, "I'm like a like, kid." This was ridiculous. So ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the parents just look at you like, "Oh, that was so good." They know. But you think it's like actually good. That's. I think that's really the 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 one thing we should thank adults for. Generally, if they're good adults, they they don't tell us how ridiculous we actually look, and they're just sort of like find it sweet. I think that's a good that, parent. Yeah, that just, just like you, you don't look like a grown up. Right. You're dead. You're, this is just still it's silly <laughs> that you're doing this play. They're like that was good. Man, I wanted to do plays though. But you go to Toronto and you saw shows in high school mm-hmm. so you like that was that what planted the seed? Yeah. Mm. We would see, you know, Phantom of the Opera or Miss Saigon or one of these kind of whatever was playing. Oh yeah. 
any sort Miss of big Saigon. show. Yeah. Did you like Toronto? Toronto's a good town. Yeah. We would just go for the night, but I just for one it. night. Yeah. And and you, okay, so so you go to college in, in Syracuse. Yes. How far is that from wherever the hell? That's is? like three hours from where I'm from. How big is New York? It's enormous. Oh it's, my god. It's enormous. Syracuse is on the way to Albany. Right, because Troy and Albany are close. Yes. Right. I believe so. Yes, they are. Gosh, They're not that far. Yeah. They're not that far. Right. Yeah. Um, beautiful theater in Troy I played at. It was built really? in the 1800s. Ooh, nice. And people go to record classical music there because it's the acoustics are so perfect. And you go to, I can't remember the name of the theater, but it was like, just the acoustics are spectacular. Really? I did not know that. Oh, it's like, it was astounding. So. So, yeah, I was just kind of dying to get out of my and what was the, yeah, so yeah. you go to Syracuse. So I went to Syracuse. Like I, I thought I was going to go to Harvard. Like I just really thought that that was going to happen. And then Did I didn't you get straight A's and shit. Yeah, I was like little Miss class president. Oh really? Kind of person. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I was just yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like such an overachiever. I made my first sort of to do list, like life to do list, when I was twelve. Yeah, and I decided that I was going to an Ivy League school. And, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, me too. But I didn't didn't do any of the homework. Oh, I did all the homework. It just didn't work <laughs> out. I didn't get in. And then how did you not get in with straight A's? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Where'd you apply? Uh, everywhere that was in Ivy League. Oh really? Yeah. All of them? All twelve or thirteen of them? Yeah, whatever. Not many. one. Nope. Nowhere. Yeah. What the fuck happened? I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't seem fair. Who wrote your letters for you? Who, what did you have to? Couldn't they, yeah. Just oh, teachers. Sorry. And, oh I'm no, sorry. I'm I'm over it. But <laughs> but so I went to Syracuse and uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know college. I was just kind of depressed in college. I just kind of moved past it and then. I so just you were class president and then you went to college and you just and went into nothing. a dark dark yeah. period. Yeah. You had you had no traction. I had no traction. You're a big shot. Mm-hmm. Now you're just lost. And then I was yeah in, in a, a sea, of, sea of, mm-hmm. of people just thirty thousand like sports fans. Oh, sports fans. Kind of yeah. And I was like, where am I? You didn't find I the nerds. I did find the nerds. It just yeah. It's were while. they all sad too and dark? No, no, I don't think did so. Did you go there for four years? I went for I was there for five semesters. And then I did my five semesters. That's a two and a half years. You yeah, and then yeah. and then I did one semester in England, and so and I I just graduated early. I just plowed through it. Oh, really? You took all the necessary classes to graduate early. Yeah. So you're sad and depressed in Syracuse, mm-hmm. and it snows there, and you're yeah. under snow for a long time. And did you have a did you have a sad depressed boyfriend? No, I didn't date anyone in college. Nobody. Nobody. Did you do any shows? No. You did nothing. Well, I did. Okay, let me. Let You're me. getting straight A's. You getting I'm, straight A's again? I'm forgetting. I did do a, a show. I was I was in the chorus of a musical my freshman year. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I was getting probably straight A's like around that. I'm good at tests. Like. Yeah. Not necessarily. It doesn't necessarily help you in life, but I was good at school. Yeah. It didn't. You don't think it helped you in life? Not really. Like hmm. not. I mean, I don't think anyone I, it cares. Doesn't, not in the life you chose. Right. Right, it might have helped you in some other life. I guess. Yeah. But so you just did the chorus. So you were just a, a girl in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being sad. Yeah. But singing. Just being, sad and singing just in the sad background. And waiting to waiting for my life to start. Well, uh, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because you don't know what you're going to do and then Didn't you know. feel lost and, mm-hmm. you know, ugh. so so what made you go to England? You just like that. Maybe that would help. Well, because you could see plays. You could. There was um, courses where you could go to a bunch of. You went to plays like two or three times a week. Oh, so it was a drama exchange program mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. But you you just signed up for that. That was the focus. Was it was mm-hmm. a, a, a short exchange program with yes. a drama focus. Yes, and it was amazing. And you go see Shakespeare and go mm-hmm. see stuff in the West End mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And I was just like, oh my god, this is the best thing in the world. And I, that was it. I huh? loved. It. Yeah, and I was like, well, I have to do this. Did you like England? Yeah, I loved it. 
Yeah. I really did. It was like it helped me sort of like start to get out of my darkness. Mm -hmm. Of the darkness. Mm -hmm. Were you on medication? Were you not until ten years ago? (laughs) Yeah. Well, because I, I, um, I don't know if you've what dealt with medication kind of stuff, but it's like trial and error. And but like you managed a a certain amount of uh, coming, you know, kind of like uh, depression here and there for Mm -hmm. that for decades. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and then um, I. I tried different SSRIs and things and nothing was really working or I had yeah. side effects. And then um, I was like, I'm going to try one last thing. And I tried this medication and my whole life changed in two weeks. And that's the one you're on now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It was just like- Which one? Uh, Wellbutrin. Oh, Wellbutrin was it? Yeah. Out of all of them, it's a uh, classic. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, I'm back to myself. Really? Yeah. Oh my, so like, okay, well, we'll get to- you know, that. Like I never want to go off it. I think I took it once for, uh, I I think it was the same. I think Wellbutrin and Zantex were the same. I took Wellbutrin briefly. It was kind of, it jacked me up a little too much. I think it, it was, I, I don't take anything and I haven't in a long time, but I remember trying Wellbutrin mm-hmm. to stop smoking. Oh yeah, it's supposed to be good for that. I don't know why, but. Well, yeah, I think Zantex or whatever that name of that non-smoking pill, I think is basically Wellbutrin. Oh, okay. It's the same pill. Right. All right, so. So you get all juiced up in in England to do theater. Mm-hmm. What did you see there? Did you go to Shakespeare? Did you go to uh, what do you call Stratford, Stratford upon Avon? Yeah, Stratford I went, upon Avon. Yeah, I went there and you know to you know all, all the you know yeah. the old Vic and yeah. just everything. And I got really excited and I I just I didn't know exactly what I was going to do, but I knew I wanted to be part of it. So you saw you saw classics, you mm-hmm. saw Shakespeare, and then you saw modern theater. Yes, they, you, they mixed it up for you. Yes, and they took care of all the bookings and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a good program. Yeah, it was amazing. And I was just where, you, so excited. you remember where you were living in England? I lived, I think I lived on Baker Street, like mm. near the Sherlock Holmes oh, yeah. Museum or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there for a month on an exchange program and I was, it was a dark. Did you like it? I don't know. I, I, you know, like you get me away from things that I'm comfortable uh, with and like just, I, I, I sort of, I lose sense of who I am. Even if I, even if I go onto the road, if the hotel's not properly positioned near humans, I'm sort of like, ah. You get lonely, or I don't know if it's lonely. I'm literally sort of like, do I exist? What is happening? <laughs> it's weird. It like is I weird. feel, because I remember I was in I was in high school when I went on the exchange program. It was only for a month. It was a summer thing, and everyone else in the program had already been at college. Like I was going into my freshman year of college and they were all sort of sophomores. So they were already sort of like, no, look at this kid. They'd already been away from home. Right. And and I was, you know, this outsider just because I was young. And I just remember like not really connecting with a lot of people and wandering around by myself. And then you just start to feel invisible and weird. That's always the worst. You know that feeling? Yes, I do. Yeah. I moved to San Francisco right after college and I had a very hard time making friends and I, well, I was also it's a depressed. Rough city, though. Yeah. And I, but I felt invisible and I wasn't there very long. I had to just. Leave. It's a little brutal because so much of that city is about sort of like bullying your identity. Like, you know, like so much about San Francisco, even like you know, the, even like, you know, the, the weird kind of like um, homeless people are very well defined. Mm-hmm. Everybody's very well defined in a certain way. Yeah. And I felt a little blank. Yeah, it's a horrible place to feel blank. Yeah, as San Francisco is, it's it, it's it's horrible to feel blank anywhere. Mm-hmm. But that place, it can be kind of harsh because it's not a very sympathetic city if you don't know who you are. Yeah, you, that, God, that's so well put. Yeah, 
uh, it seems to make sense. It seems a lot of people are coming into themselves, but they're aggressive or something. I don't. I, I can never. I lived there for like a couple of years on and oh, off. Oh, that's right. And I could never really get 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 a handle on it. I never. Yeah, I couldn't get a foothold there. I I don't usually have a hard time making friends, and I just didn't make any. So you just went there blind. I went there to go to an acting program for the summer, and then sort of stayed there for a few months. After. Which which acting program? ACT. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was down d- downtown, like on Mason or mm-hmm. something. Like it was right across from the improv. There was an improv there. Uh, ACT was around there. I remember. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was sort of by Union Square or somewhere. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I took acting classes in San Francisco with Sherry Carlson, but I don't know. It's an odd place, man. So you come back. But from- it's it's funny though because I was taking classes there and uh, I had I played guitar and this other girl who's in my class we wrote some funny song and yeah. we played it at the. Uh, like final show yeah yeah and of course it did not occur to me to pursue that at all i was like now i'm going to pursue classical acting and you know my scene was fine yeah but the song was a total hit and i, yeah. I was like well i'm going to ignore that ignore and, that the yeah. fun part yes i'm going to ignore the part that went really well and be I'm real gonna, serious yes that's so weird because when i was in england at that program i did a song with some other guy really? like I, we wrote a funny song for the thing at the end that's that, so funny and it, yeah and then yeah the last night like everyone's like, hey, you're pretty cool. I'm like, nah, fuck oh, off. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you're like I was the whole time. But I don't know if my memory's right though. Do you think? Can you trust your memory? Do you think? I you're don't as, trust my memory at all. Like you were as like shitty as you thought you were. Like in terms of sadness and all that. Do you really think you were that d- disconnected? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I can't. I. I don't trust my memory. So. So. Okay. So you. You come back from England. You had a good mm-hmm. time, and then you tell your parents, who are clearly supportive, that you're going to go to San Francisco. Yes, to go to ACT yes. specifically for that. <laughs> so you had somewhere to go. You weren't yes. just going to be like, I'm just going to get an apartment. No, I wasn't brave enough yet. And then, but I went to San Francisco and got my bravery up. What did you learn at ACT? Did you stay for the whole time? It was just a it summer was like program, a couple month long program. It was great. You learned sort of basics of everything. Yeah, because I'd never done acting school, so you yeah, learn, and- you know. Alexander technique and yeah, what is that again? My friend does. It's the does thing that. where you're you like um, you relax your back. Like uh, there's like a oh mantra yeah. where oh you're yeah, like yeah. neck be free, so my back can lengthen right. and widen, and my head can uh-huh. go forward oh yeah. and down. Right. Sort of this mantra that you say. Yeah. To yourself. Did you find that that helps you into I, your I current guess, state? Yeah, I think so. You've integrated it. I think I think I have. So that was really your first go with that. Yes, I hadn't really taken acting classes. You before. just went and watched theater in London. Yes. So I w- it was a slow burn. And then I was like, I'm going to take classes and see what you're happens. Still, you're only like 19, 20, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so then I moved to Los Angeles. After San Francisco. Yeah. Whew. So you play guitar once with some other mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. You put that on the back burner. Yeah. You don't do any more training after ACT? I you just did came... some acting classes in LA, but I never found one that I loved. So you're going to be a classically trained actor that just didn't, didn't take classes? Yeah, totally. So you just... <laughs> So you took yourself very seriously yes. and you're like, I'm going to be a serious actor. Yeah. And you come down here from San Francisco. Like the, the one thing about San Francisco is you can be a whack job mm-hmm. and sort of find your place and then be a big shot whack job. You come down here, it's just sort of like, what do I do? Yeah. I didn't know where to start. I don't, I don't know how, yeah. What did you, how did I, you start just coming down? Well, my down? first thing that I did, I still can't believe I did this, but you know, it was before the, it's not before the internet, but it was before everyone had everything sure. on, online so right. you could kind of lie on your resume yeah you could, and it was like oh well, i'll just make <laughs> no, one up no wikipedia right and as i as i get more jobs i'll replace the yeah. you know false jobs with real jobs and yeah. so i just made up this i made a postcard uh-huh. that had a headshot on it that was um had uh reviews of this play that i was in i, yeah. I was juliet and romeo and juliet <laughs> yeah, by the way yeah, yeah. in san francisco summer stock which is not true there is no san francisco summer stock. sure 
I just made it up. Sure, why and not? And I put Book like it. reviews on this postcard. And so you're a liar. I'm you're a liar. A liar. I'm, I'm, I didn't know what to do. I was like, I didn't know had, a single person. I, I, knew, I knew nobody. I, that's so crazy. I knew no What the fuck people. were you thinking? So what, did you like end up in Culver City? Where'd you end I up? Li- I ended up at Park La Brea. Oh, God. Well, that's yeah. not bad. It was fine. That made sense. Yeah, it totally made sense. Well, like a little studio at Park La Brea. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're like, oh, I can just walk to the Grove. The Grove didn't exist yet. Or I mean, I can walk to the farmer's market yeah. and, and eat there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like, I'll I'll just start yeah. existing and see. And I sent out this postcard and I got some auditions from the postcard. For, what do you mean? To who? To ca- I sent the postcard to, acting, uh, to casting directors. Really? Yes. Well, oh, they probably looked at you and thought like, well, she seems chipper and like wide-eyed and Yeah. I don't, I can't believe it worked. Yeah. But I got some auditions and sort of start, I got enough sort of positive feedback that I was like, okay. And I, where'd you get the casting directors? Did you have a book? Is there a book? There's like a book you could get at the Samuel French bookstore. So you went, you just, you just did that. You're like, you went, you went to Samuel French and the guy was like, (laughs) should buy this book and reach out to these, like all these things just to sort of, you know, gently nurture dreams without overdoing it because the disappointment is coming here. Here's your, your starter kit to disappointment. Yes. And I was, I, but I didn't think I was going to be disappointed. I was just like, no, it's good. You bought, you bought it. You bought the bill of goods. You thought like anything's possible. And it turns out that it kind of was. So, you send it to casting directors, mm-hmm. and then what happens? And then um, I started doing those casting director seminars. Do you know those ones that like now people now they're kind of illegal or something for some reason? But, oh, you'd pay for them to look at you. Yeah, and it and I um and it worked, and I started working, and I got an. What was the casting director seminar? What happens there? You sort of you pay I don't know it's like thirty five dollars, and you get a class from them. They'll tell you their thoughts on auditioning, and then you get sides, and you get to audition for them with the sides so you kind of get to show them so the gamble is that they'll actually see something in you and call you back yeah and the worst thing that'll happen is you learn from the casting director so it's fine so you get you come down here and you take you you send these things out you get some auditions you do a casting director seminar did a bunch of them Oh, they had a lot of them yeah. they all had them so it was a real racket so there people think that but it like i thought it was great no, no, I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying uh, from their side. Yes, yes, they made <laughs> like, a lot of money. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, you know because they're. But I, I guess if it, if if you are a testament to it, actually working for you, then it's okay. It's not quite a racket because right. they were they were honest in the fact that they were looking at people. Yeah, and I would get sort of one line here and there on things. I got my SAG card. You know, I would just get. Just Did little, you get an agent? Uh, eventually. Well, I got so I. Did these a couple lines and things, and I would uh, I loved this one theater company called the Actors Gang, and I had sent them my Tim Robbins, yeah, and I got cast in a play there, and that sort of led to other things. Oh, okay, so okay, so let me just get this straight: is this all happening in the first year you're here, kind of thing, or three years? First three years, it was a slow burn. All right, well, that's not a slow burn. I mean, some people never make it, so or never do anything. Mm -hmm. So you do the casting, you get like one line parts on TV shows. Mm Yeah, I like you know one line on Gilmore Girls or you know just yeah. things like that. Uh huh. One line on Titus. That was uh, my first job with Chris Titus. Yeah, that was your first set. Mm-hmm. How was that? Oh, it was good. I think I said like, "You ready?" I think I had a line like that. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> you were the "You ready, girl?" <laughs> yep. And then you and, and then like I'm looking at the credits now. So you're on Gilmore Girls for five episodes and you do one line. Well, no, I did Gilmore Girls as one character, and then maybe four years later they brought me back as a different character. With actual, with like real scenes, <laughs> right? Okay, all right. So, okay, so you're chipping away at that, and then you just audition for the Actors Gang mm-hmm. in Culver City. Yeah, it was. It used to be on like oh, Hollywood right. and Vine, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before they got or, that or, space down or, there, uh, Santa Monica and Vine. Yeah, and 
I auditioned for a play, and it was a really cool play that Tim Robbins wrote and directed. So was I it political it. and charged? Oh, totally. I played Condoleezza Rice. Yeah. Um, in in a comedia mask. Uh huh. And like comedia he loves that comedia thing. stuff. He yeah, does. I mean, like I just saw, like I liked him, and I mm-hmm. like his plays. I went and saw the the, the most recent comedia della arte thing, which was basically a tutorial in the form. Oh, uh, I saw that. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. was interesting. A lot of movement, a lot of fun, big square stage. I like the way that stage is set up at the new place, and Me when too. they use it like that, Me too. the whole square, you know. Yeah, and I, and I loved Tim. I loved working with him. And the play ended up going to the public theater in New York. What was it called? It was called Embedded. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, so it ended up, you know, sort of going for a year probably. It was supposed to be, I think, six performances, and it just sort of kept going. And you that's, stayed in it a year? Yeah, that's how it, that's how things kind of started for me. And one day I was, uh, I, I did the play, and I came out into the lobby, and Clint Eastwood was in the lobby, because huh. Tim was doing Mystic River at right. the time, like all the Oscar kind of stuff yeah. like that. And um, Clint talked to me for a few minutes, and then- Yeah, what did he say? He was just, just <laughs> he, he he just was like, hey, how's it going? Whatever. Clint Eastwood, like with that, yeah. with that squint and the tongue. Yeah. yeah, I was mesmerized. I was just like- How could, yeah. <laughs> I imagine that would be, I've never seen him in the flesh. He's tall and striking, and um, yeah. has a- it has a sort of small voice that so you come to him. I'm surprised that he was at a Tim Robbins play. I, I would think he would see it as some sort of, uh, you know, liberal, uh, you know, like yeah. he's, he's a bit conservative. But Tim was in his movie, so he was in Mystic River. Tim was that was Tim was great in that movie. He was great, and so then maybe three months later, Clint's casting director um, Phyllis Huffman called me and had me auditioned for uh, Million Dollar Baby, and that's how I, that was my first movie. Who were you in that? Was I was sister? I was the sister. I was like I the trash sister. Oh yeah, yeah. who's that? woman who played the your mother margot martindale she's so good. oh she's amazing she's so good i know she's so so good like i saw her recently i feel like i saw her at the sag awards or something what did i see her and she always she always plays just like you know some you know uh kind of like vulnerable but horrible yeah, person she can sort of lead with her grossest <laughs> parts you know just like Ugh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i loved i loved it so that was my first that's movie. crazy. So yeah. you work with Tim for a year mm-hmm. now, like in in a production like that. Like I imagine that there, is there an evolution to it, or did it stay kind of what it was? It kind of stayed what it was. Really? Yeah. Once yeah. he got it, but was the process of putting it together uh, that uh, was an evolution? Yeah, and that yeah. was yeah. Because I went in, I had auditioned for to play Jessica Lynch. Do you remember that soldier, mm-hmm. like the blonde soldier? And I ended I up do. doing a comedia part. So it ended yeah, up I'm assuming like you didn't that. do Condoleezza in, in blackface. No, no, no. <laughs> we were. I had a. Yeah, we all had comedian masks <laughs> yeah, on. So. Right. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh, no. That would have been not, bad. Not yeah. Yeah. So uh, and and Tim was good to work with as a director. It was exciting. He created a good environment. Yeah, was he was awesome. Of, and sort of for me, um, and I don't even know if he knows this, but it, he just for me became like the model of what was what you do, which is like when you're not working, you write. Uh huh. And when you have time off, you make your own thing and you, you know. You Did he tell you that or you just observed that? I just observed it. Um, he, he may have said it to me at one point. I don't know. But he, um, I just saw him just constantly working so hard. Like while he was at the top of his game, he was winning. He won the Oscar that right. year. And he was just writing all the time and working and, you know. What did he win it for? Mystic River. Did he win the Oscar mm-hmm. Best Supporting for Mystic yeah. River? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a brutal part. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. But uh, but you just were impressed by his work ethic. Yeah. And so I'm like, then I want to do that. Yeah, and then you get well. That's pretty insane that you you get Clint Eastwood hooked you up with. That was crazy. I I couldn't believe that that was real. And then he, I, did he tell you he was going to do it? No. Mm-mm. 
you, you just met with her? How did that? I auditioned for oh. it. Yeah. She called me and said, come and audition. Oh, that's it. Just in, but it must have come from him, huh? I don't know. Hmm. I'm, I'm not sure. Or maybe I, she was there. So now you, you're, you're on your way? Sort of. Yeah. I mean, it was just always sort of up and down and I would get little things here and there. And I was just always hustling and hustling, and hustling. And, um, but then when the writer's strike was about to happen, I knew that I was in sort of major trouble. 2008. Was it then? Yeah. That was brutal. Yeah, that was brutal. Or I was in the middle of writing something. Were you? Yeah. What were you writing? We had a deal with HBO, me and Jerry Stahl. Oh, And man. like, you know, we were right in the middle. And then you're like, put your pencils down. Pencils down. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's the worst. It was, yeah, it was, it, well, I mean, I wasn't essentially a writer, but I, you know, I had did finally get this deal to write this thing. And then it's like, what? Was it a starring vehicle for you? Yeah, yeah. It was a development deal. And, you know, we were writing the script. And we, then we eventually, the strike ended and we finished it. And then the head of HBO changed. Yeah, just everything changed. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I felt like it was. I could, so how did it affect you? Well, I could. You were I, writing? I was no, I was just acting. Yeah. But I felt I just everything was about to change and I knew I was my career was kind of just going to be over when the strike was over. Cuz I was I was testing for a lot of things. I just knew the there was going to be half as many parts. Oh, really? And I wasn't Is that what happened? Yeah. And I wasn't really successful enough in my mind to you know, to ride that ride that out and so I was like I got to figure out what else I'm good at. So you were just like a uh, kind of a bit player mm-hmm. in your mind. Yeah. And probably that's a probably a reasonable assessment. Yeah, it and didn't so that's seem... when I started Garfunkel and Oates. Oh, it didn't seem like come from insecurity. You were being practical. I was being practical. I was, yeah, my, my friend told me later, he was like, your career was going just well enough for you to not realize how terrible it was. <laughs> well, yeah, or you, yeah. you were, you, you know, you were waiting for a break. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't so much that it was terrible. You were, you were in the game, yeah. but you needed a break. Yeah. I was testing for shows and yeah. sort of in that game where you can tell yourself that it's going well. But well, then, that's what it is. Yeah, but you don't. Like, have but you don't have any control anything. over that, yeah. right? Well, well, that's just the nature of the the thing. Yeah. But I mean, you're testing. That's huge to to get that far up the rung of auditions. Yeah, you know, to do it more than once. I mean, that it's brutal. It's but brutal. that's but that's it. But that's the roll of the dice. Like any one of those tests. Could have been you know, the the rest of your life. Yeah, it could have on been a TV Mad show Men or something, or The Office, or, 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 or you know, uh, thir- or the other one, Big Bang Theory, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you've been on that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. More than once. Three times. Oh yeah, as mm-hmm. a recurring thing. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun, and and we wrote uh, Kate and I wrote a song for it for one episode. Well, how'd you really meet? Fun. Like, okay, so so this after the writer strike, mm-hmm. where you're pulling yourself up by your bootstraps mm-hmm. so you don't fall down the hole of darkness and and anonymity in hollywood yeah you you enter the world of comedy yeah it was well it was right before the writer's strike because i i just you know we all saw it coming and so um i decided to try to see what else i was good at and i wrote a short that Uh i was gonna direct for me and kate where she was playing my imaginary how'd you know kate how'd you meet kate i met her uh, doing commercials we were both sort of um getting called back to all the same commercials uh-huh. so just from auditions uh-huh. i'd see her all they were kind of casting girls with big eyes for uh-huh. a minute there for yeah they needed like <laughs> looking for like keen paintings yeah pretty much <laughs> or there you know there'd be the audition for like an elf and it was both me and kate would get yeah, yeah. or a fairy we were both there right and so we met um we met actually in the audience at ucb we were just there to see a show and started did talking. you go there a lot uh yeah a little bit uh-huh. a little bit and then we became friends and um I don't know if you had this. I don't know if you had this when you started doing comedy, but I always had a hard time finding people that I could sort of tell my dreams to. Uh huh. Do you know what I mean? Like tell my goals and dreams. 
Well, I I don't know that. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know if I I was ever you know looking for somebody. No, for I, I I always wasn't, and Kate was sort of a safe space for that. And we used oh, to I go see, to uh, we used to go to California Pizza Kitchen in the Beverly Center and write down our things that we wanted. Aww. And we would put them on little napkins and save them in our wallets and then we would go back a month later and read them to each other, like say them out loud. That's cute. And we were both writing comedy songs. And so when I made my short, I was like, let's let's make it a musical. Uh-huh. And we did. And then our band was born from that. Because she plays a couple instruments. Mm-hmm. She plays ukulele, guitar, and piano, and, and trombone. You, <laughs> trombone. And mm-hmm. you play guitar? I play guitar, a little bit of piano, and then I play flute. Flute? Yeah. <laughs> You look like a flute player, a flautist. I really do, yeah. Yeah, like, were you a high <laughs> school right. flautist? Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> kind of anything you think I was in high school, I, I probably was. Did you ever try the piccolo? Yep. You know? Yeah. I was in the marching band. I played piccolo. You played piccolo in yeah. the marching oh, band? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what you are. Yeah, I am that. Uh, you're in a marching band. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> How is this just coming out now? This is the crux of all of it. Were you in the marching band? No. I did design. Here's my connection to a marching band. My my elementary school had sort of a ragtag marching band. It was a little private school. And they had a contest for someone to design the banner that they would walk with in front. Mm -hmm. And I won that. I designed it. So I was more of an artist guy. Okay. Uh, Not not a marching band. Well, that is cooler. I yeah, just... yeah, that was cool to see my my design in the in the you know the Manzano Day School marching band, <laughs> and I created this weird big kind of like trumpety horn thing that wasn't a real instrument. It was just sort of an abstract. That's uh, cool. Do you still do that stuff? Draw or yeah, graphic design. I don't design really. Or... I don't do any of it. No, I don't. Like, and I was pretty serious about it. I mean, I used to do it a lot. A lot of drawing and a lot of I did photography in high school. And when you're 80, um, you're going to start a George Bush style painting habit. I bet. Yeah, yeah, George in the in the paintings. Mm-hmm. What a what a charmer! <laughs> Everybody loves George W. Bush again in his paintings. I know it's so strange. It's a little weird, mm-hmm. but uh, I did a, a horrible joke about him about uh, the paintings. What was it? Uh, you know, because he did that whole book of uh, of you know veterans of like injured veterans, weren't they? He did. Yeah, he did a whole book of paintings of of Gulf War vet or, oh. or Afghanistan war veterans and stuff, Iraqi war veterans. Oh. And I thought uh, it's a rare opportunity. He gets to disfigure them twice. Yeah, God, that's such. Yeah, that's such a <laughs> weird war for him to select. Since I he believe it essentially was, caused it. Yeah, it was. It's a little. It's a little odd. So, I, I think he thought he was giving back somehow. I, sure. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't do any of that stuff anymore. Do you play piccolo anymore? I play the no, but I play the flute sometimes. Really, I'm not that good anymore. But so you're a full on kind of dork. Yeah. Yeah. Marching band. Marching band, musical theater dork. Yeah. Well, musical theater, I get. Marching band's a little harder. That's what what we had. We didn't have plays. I get it. But like, that's like, you know, that crew, you know, they, you know, um, I, uh, with marching band, I always feel like, well, I'm glad they have each other. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And we did. And it was nice. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't, I don't think I was a a bully to them, but like, it was just definitely a different world than mine. Mm Mm-hmm. There was just, uh, I, I was too busy being sort of like, what's going to happen to make me a person? And they seem to be sort of s- stuck in their identities kind of early. Oh, marching know? band people? Yeah, just because like, this is who we are. You know, we're awkward. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't fit in, but there's a lot of us kind yeah. of in the same frequency. <laughs> I don't feel like I was ever in that frequency. No. But no. you know what I'm talking about? Yes, Am I, I making do. it up? I, my school is so small oh, right. that it almost doesn't count what activities you're in. 
Because right. you can just kind of sign up. Right, because everybody gets auditions. sort of involved. Yeah. There's just people that, that filled the roles and then the people that didn't do anything, yes. the troublemakers. Yeah, right. and I was just in everything. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So you and Kate, you you uh, you kind of get kind of famous in comedy a little bit, huh? It was crazy, yeah. It was- How, what, how did that, what what really happened? What was the, the arc of that? Because I, I think that's where I first saw you was with her. Yeah, yeah, probably. And you guys did my show. I think you did a live one. Yeah, we right? did. Yeah, and I don't think I've talked. I don't think I've done a one-on-one with Kate. No, not yet. Huh. But uh, so you guys start and you're writing songs, mm-hmm. and then what happens for YouTube? Because that's so we put our songs on YouTube, and oh. uh, you know, it wasn't that big of a thing at the time, so we didn't expect anything from it. Right. We we're just playing songs on my couch, right? And then the creator of Scrubs or one of the writers called, and they wanted to use one of our songs as a musical number. On Scrubs. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, they hired Kate to play it and sh- with one of the actors on the show. Yeah. And so people were sort of started watching our videos after that. Yeah. And then we're like, I guess we got to write more songs. Yeah. And so we made more videos. But you made some money off that song, huh? Uh, a little bit, I think. Yeah. Not. It wasn't crazy. Did but... they use it on Scrubs? Mm-hmm. It wasn't crazy? It wasn't crazy. Oh, because they only used it once. Yeah. Right. But, um, but yeah, so we started you know writing more songs and then we thought oh we should play these out we started playing them out and um we but we didn't know anything about the comedy world we like our first real show we rented out uh this building called the fake gallery and just put on an hour-long show i know the fake out paul's place yeah is it still around i don't know Hmm. we thought you could just do an hour like we didn't know anything like we had that ignorance is bliss we didn't know that comedians worked for years to do an hour so we're just like we'll just do an hour of yeah, but you're Material. but you're but you're sort of a theater act. It's not you know. Yeah, I mean, different. I don't think were there comics going like who the fuck are these two? And, no, we didn't really know any comics then. Right. So I mean, yeah. well, I don't think any comics were judging you. It's like they should only have two songs. Right. Yeah. No. You did a show. You did a musical uh, variety show. Yeah. So we started. We did that, and then we did it again, and then after that, we started playing in the sort of crew that. You're you're around the the people I know the UCB bunch yeah the I, I was bang I, bang sort of yeah I was you know I look I was a latecomer to that and, and it's not in, you know, I'm not indigenous to that crew but I know them all right well you were to <laughs> us because you were there when we got there sure yeah so. I mean like because what year was that. 2008 or nine or oh was it that late something like that yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah I was around trying to you know keep my presence up. Yeah. But it's weird because I've sort of, I've kind of cycled out of alt rooms, you know, and I'm back primarily working at the comedy store and I don't- Really? Yeah. It's just, what am I going to do? Go over to Nerd Melt or right. what? Is it still there? Or what? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Kate and I haven't played a show in a while. Right. Well, you guys have gone your separate ways. Well, no, we actually haven't. We, we've we been writing songs for animated movies and now we started writing Garfunkel and Oates songs again in the last week. Just now? So, just now. Yeah. Got him catching. It's hot off the press. Yeah. Big news. Yeah. Garfunkel notes back at it. Yeah. So we're going to be playing, you know, pretty soon, hopefully. Like what? Doing a night at Largo? Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I mean, we'll probably just go and try the, try songs out at, you know, a nerd melt type place <laughs> just to see how they're well, received. But, but like, but what happened with all that? I mean, you keep, you kept doing like bit parts here and there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That kept happening. Yeah. Who, you were on Enlightened? Yeah. Where, who were you enlightened? I was a co- I watched all I was of those. a coworker. Oh, that's right. You were uh, one that right, right, right mm-hmm. in with Manzukis and yes. yeah. Okay, I, okay. I tested for that show actually for Sarah. I was that's what I was, I was like in, in the sort of testing yeah. like level of things. So I tested for that show against the girl who got the part, Sarah Burns, and then they were like, "Oh, we'll bring you back." So they wrote me 
a little part on there and I was excited. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause you, cause everyone says that and then nobody follows through. So it was nice that they did I, that. I like that show. I was sad when that, when that went, Me too. when that went away. But so what happened with, um, with the Garfunkel and Oates show? Um, we, your show was on IFC, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's right. You were there at the same time as me. Yeah. Yeah. You did one season, one season. And it was a really intense experience. And but it got yeah. you, got you, you got got you into knowing what that experience was like. Yeah, I remember that because I was on. It must have been like my first or second season. Yeah, but then when I started on another period, and it was so easy, you know. Oh. Well, and also, it's not your life. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there's something about like, and I found that too, where you're doing a show about your life, where your attachment to the material is a lot different than just something you're making up. Yeah, you yeah. know that you don't want to get too far away. From what the authentic thing is. Right. And what actually happened. Yeah. 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 That yeah. becomes problematic mm-hmm. because it might not be good television. Right. <laughs> it, yeah. It might not be. It was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's a lot of people telling you like, your life's not that great. It's not that this, is not, <laughs> this part of your life and you. Right. Yeah. We don't like it in the story. Yeah. So that's a little harsh. It was. Yeah. I, Kate and I, it was, it was a really like weird time in our lives and I cried a lot and Kate and I got very close. Did you find that you, you know whatever you went through, you you made changes in yourself that you you know that you learned or yeah yeah well, I think so I think I got less emotional about things and uh, stopped I t- like tried to take things less personally and it was just a lot I felt like there was it was kind of our story and it was big stakes and yeah um but then I started another period and I was like oh this is fine like. Doing yeah. a TV show is not that bad. Well, yeah, because you do get to, you know, now you get to just be creative outside of the personal risk of it. Yeah, it's different. Like when I took the gig on Glow, and I have nothing to do with the creativity, the creation of that. You know, but I just, I'm just acting. I'm just going to be this guy. And You're really good on that show. Oh, thank you. Where, whereas, like when it was my show, like I had to do everything. I was part of the writing, part of the, you know, in every scene. Mm-hmm. And you know, you get tired of yourself. You're like, yeah, it's a relief. Did you like having a show? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think we did a good show. You know, ultimately, given the money we had, and and they they were not, they let us do it. You know, it was they were never really a problem. You know that, and also I was, my showrunners were pretty aligned with what I wanted to do. That's good. And uh, the stories were good, and we, I, I was real happy with it. You know, I, I don't think a lot of people saw it, but that's all right. It's hard. It's hard being on a basic cable channel. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there, there are those issues. But I think ultimately, looking back on it, you know, I chose to end it after four seasons, and uh, also I learned a lot mm-hmm. about being on set, about acting, about you know, I don't know how much I learned about producing, or I did learn something about writing, yeah. uh, but you know, specifically about being in front of the camera. Uh, it was it was pretty. Um, you feel like you useful. learned how to be an actor, sort of. Thing. Sure, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, even though I was playing myself, you're still playing yourself. Yeah, I mean, you're always. It's, it's yeah, but it's like you know, people who are like, "Who are you just doing you?" It's like, yeah, but you got an act. You got to act. Yeah. You know, there are takes and there are cuts. Or you know, it's I mean, not a it's documentary. Not, yeah. 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 <laughs> so that was good. Mm-hmm. So so an, another period. How did that come about? Because now you're. This is season three. Yeah. Season three, um, Natasha Legero and I, uh, we decided we wanted to make a short. Yeah, and we uh, thought of this idea over some wine, mm. and loved the idea, and just decided to finance it ourselves because we wrote the short. It, the short because we wrote this script. I was, love her by the was, way. Isn't she so funny? Yeah, I like her. Everything she says is funny. Um, I like her as a person. Me too. Me too. Um, 
but uh, we wrote this sort of 15 page short and it wasn't that funny on paper. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, we need to, we need to make it to show people like what the show would be. So Natasha and I made a short, basically a pilot presentation ourselves yeah. of what the show would be. And then um, we took it out and pitched it and everyone passed. <laughs> everyone turned us down. But we were kind of like, but it's so funny. Like, what's they're not getting it? Yeah, we're like, yeah. and so we had our agents get feedback, and everyone had the same feedback, which is that they didn't see where it was, it could go. They felt like it was sort of a one note kind of sketch, and so we're like, great. So we'll show them where it can go. Go and on forever. Yeah. So we went. We wrote the pilot, and we wrote sort of a, a bible for the whole show, yeah. and every character showing where it would go, and we recut the short and made it more just like poppy and faster. It's so fucking weird to me because it's sort of like, you know, Upstairs Downstairs went on for a while. Like, yeah. you know, they're, they're the, 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 I don't even know if that's the right show, but yeah. like what you're satirizing, those things go on forever. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what we thought. So we're like, we can, we can show them. Yeah. But they all had the same criticism. So we're like, okay, well, there's something to that. We're not showing them where it's right. going. Sure. So we went back and pitched it again and sold it. To Comedy Central. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's even more impressive than that is the fact that, you know, you, you're on still. Like, I know. You know isn't it, that crazy? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy to get a show made. It's crazy that we're still on. Yeah. Well, I well the, the fact is, is like, and that wasn't a comment about it's not good. or It's just no, it I doesn't know. seem that anything survives more than two seasons, especially on that network, if I'm not mistaken. It's so hard to get anything to go. It's, yeah. We feel very lucky. Well, I mean, you must have figured out some sort of, uh, you know, budget line because i mean it is a pretty ambitious show in terms of you know doing a period piece yeah but it's a low budget show no i know yeah. but like but you pull it off i mean it's a low budget show but you still got to do what eight nineteen what is 18 what what year is it in the movie oh 1902 in, in 1902 yes. in the series yeah so you got to be true to that as best you mm-hmm. can you're not breaking that wall too often or at all are you well no so we just we just get scrappy and we have really good crew people right. around us really good costumer really good yeah. production designer dp they sort of you know make it so that it looks like a show and not a sketch right so this still the, it's it's all around this one family mm-hmm. and you're you're ongoing with do you have yeah. a do you know where this ends do you have a seasonal or we, are you just going to keep going? We have an idea of the last shot in the whole series if we keep going. Oh, okay. Which but is, you, you which can is fill like, in in between them? Yeah. Yeah. Which is um, Lillian and Beatrice, me and Natasha boarding the Titanic and just like waving, like going home. Like we're like, that feels like you it's got to be the last shot. You just gave it away. Um, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Who knows if that'll end up happening? <laughs> but we a, have this idea. That's that, such a, a, a spoiler. Oh, man. I just ruined everything. You ruined your last, <laughs> your, your very last episode oh, no. whenever that happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we'll see if it even gets there. But. Yeah. Um, but, but you work with all these people that you, you, there's a whole crew. There's this crew of like, these are people that I, I know, like Michael Ian Black and Brett Gelman and, uh, who else is on there? Tom Lennon. Tom Lennon's great. Mm-hmm. But, uh, who's the big Jason guy? Ritter? Keckner. Oh, David Keckner. Oh, I love him. Keckner. I love our cast so much. I love writing for them. Yeah. And do you, and there are people that come in and out. They're not all there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They, we sort of go based on people's schedules because everyone's so busy. Yeah, yeah. I I think that yeah. It's like it's so funny that this there is this comedy crew that they they all kind of show up in everyone's stuff. Yeah, it's really nice to have that. It is. Yeah, because yeah, you kind of known each other for years and yeah, you know, and you you you're in their stuff and they're in your stuff and and you can also get people last minute, which is nice, and yeah. you know that they'll be amazing. So now that this is done shooting, what do you do? Do you still go out and you, you know do? Are you doing movies or what's happening now? I've really just been writing. Yeah. Yeah, I just finished writing a movie musical, so we'll see. Really? Yeah, yeah. 
Like a real real musical? Yeah. So like a romance or what kind of um, yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Just like but it's a comedy. So I'm gonna try to get that made. And Natasha and I wrote a movie that we're trying to get made. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like making things more than auditioning for things. Or being do you like m- making them more than being in them? Um I mean, would you ever want to just sort of like just be the writer? And, Maybe. I don't um, know. I do like being in them though too. So have you sold scripts? Uh, yeah, we just sold, we sold one, Natasha and I sold uh, this movie called Buffalo Tens, which is the one we're trying to get made. Well, you're, oh, so you're staying involved. So you yeah. sold it. Are you guys in it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Currently. Yeah. <laughs> you are? Yes. Yes. So that's the idea. It's a project for you, mm-hmm. too, that you sold. Yes. And it's not a period piece. No. It's about a matchmaking service in Buffalo. It's like Millionaire Matchmaker, but set in Buffalo. Well, she comes from like... Rockford, Illinois. Right. So, so same kind of, yeah. Huh. We've got we have similar trajectories, I think, Natasha. And I. Yeah, well, she's got, but she's got like a, a severely kind of trashy background. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yours doesn't seem trashy. It seems just, just rural. small, just rural. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, well. Congratulations on the new season. Thank you. And uh, um, I'm glad you're keeping up with the flute. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. And um, and uh, it's nice talking to you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right, that's the show. Go to WTFPod.com slash tour. For those of you uh, in London, April 16th, Royal Festival Hall. In Stockholm, Sweden, April 19th at the China Theatern. Tickets available. Oslo, Norway, April 22nd at the Folketeertret. Folketeertret. April 23rd, Amsterdam, Netherlands at the, the Royal Theater Car. Or Carre, I should know these. Dublin, Ireland, April 26th at Vicker Street. Uh, those are selling very well, so I would get those tickets. I will get my mirror. I will get my material together. You get your tickets. I can't fucking talk. Jesus Christ. Maybe I can play a little three chord guitar for a minute, and we'll get out of here. Boomer lives!